Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the book of Romans chapter 14, session by session. I encourage you to go to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and go all the way back to Romans chapter 1 verse 1 and just learn the Bible verse by verse in the context in which the whole Bible was written, which is righteousness. Hallelujah. That's the context. Jesus said the scriptures are about him. He's our righteous Lord and the only avenue of becoming righteous before God through faith in what he did at the cross. And even after we're saved to be able to bear the fruits of righteousness, our faith must today be in his work of righteousness at Calvary. Praise be to God. And all God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Therefore, the the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. Therefore, all of God's words must be seen through the blood. That's the way he speaks to us in these last days by his son, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. God in time past, in various ways and places, spoke to the fathers of Israel by the prophets, but he has in these last days spoken to us by his son. And Hebrews 12 and 24 tells us that it's the blood that God is speaking through. Hallelujah. Woo, I'm so glad to know that today, that I no longer have to wander in, in a place of confusion. I no longer have to be caught up in a, in a building on a piece of property that was granddaddy and great-granddaddy and my daddy's uh, legacy of a church. I can find me a cross-eyed preacher. I can drive 50 miles, 75 miles if I need to on Sunday and Wednesday night just to hear somebody preaching the Word of God in its righteous context, and that's what these Bible studies are about. And that's the way you can hear the Lord and learn from the Lord and find your place, functioning place in the body of Christ, and to live in victory where sin no longer dominates you. You will always be tempted and tried as the Bible says in Galatians 5, the flesh and the spirit are contrary one to the other and will be until we're with Jesus. Hallelujah. But thanks be to God, we've learned that the cross is the answer for every single issue in this life. There's where Jesus took care of all of it. <coughs> Praise God. So Romans chapter 14, let's, let's back up a verse or two and scratch our feet in verse 17, get a good grip, and then we'll blast off this morning. I pray the Father give you and me all this meat today that we need, that he would implant this, impart this to our hearts, that the, that the light of this path that he placed us on would become brighter for us today because he's promised that the path of the just as the shining light, the path of the just, which is what? the path of the righteous, the path of righteousness that he leads us on will shine more and more unto that perfect day. That's Proverbs 4.18 if you're taking notes. Is the path your own shining more and more? I'm not, I'm not talking about you saying it. Is the path your own? The path you think your own with the Lord, is it shining more and more? until that perfect day? If it's not, my friend, you're not on the right path. The path God places us on, the race he set before us to run, Hebrews chapter 12, listen, is 
a path and a race that becomes brighter and brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. If you're on it, if you've, if you've not, if you've not uh, stopped, if you've not turned around and started uh, running backwards, if you keep running this race by the faith that the Lord's given you, the measure of faith, then you're going to find this right path. The, path. the people of God that are on the right path, that's the path of the just. That means the path of righteousness. He promised that path, no matter how dark the world gets, that path is going to shine as the light more and more. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good stuff. Verse 17 in Romans 14, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not what you eat, drink, don't drink. The righteous, the kingdom of God is not any of that. But what the kingdom of God is, it tells us here, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 8 and 9 tells us that if the Spirit of Christ dwells in us, we're in the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. I'm a Bible believer. I know there's been a, a lot of false teachings about what it means to be in the Spirit, and I also understand that there's a little bit more at times of, of what it means to be in the Spirit. We better be learning what it means to follow after the Spirit, to walk after the Spirit, we better be learning what that means according to the Bible and not just what's been passed down through uh, 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 preachers and, and parents and grandparents who really didn't know. We better, we better know what that means. And it means just like you began in the Spirit, Galatians chapter 3, you're going to have to walk in the Spirit. And that means your faith in Christ when you began and today, not Christ alone, Christ and his cross alone. It's not just Christ. It's Christ and his work at Calvary. For there was the work of righteousness done. Isaiah 32, 17. There was the work of peace done. Colossians 1, 20. And there was the work of God's strength being made perfect in weakness done. It's called grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 12 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Hallelujah. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. You have access to it now that you're born again, child of God, but your faith must be, remain in the cross of Jesus Christ, not what you're doing. When it moves, when our faith, there's a lot of things we're supposed to be doing as we're led and empowered by the Spirit, but if our faith is not in the cross, it's not the Spirit of God who's empowering us to do it. It's just us doing it, and that's a dangerous place to be. Read Revelation chapter 3, and in, unless you've uh, fall and pray to false teachings. It'll scare the socks off of you. But it'll also encourage you because you know that as long as you're trusting in the righteous work that Christ afforded you at Calvary, then you don't have anything to be worried about. You don't have anything to be fearful of. You don't ever have a reason not to know that you're not going to make it through everything, hallelujah, because the cross of Christ is the picture of when it looked like it totally fell apart, it was actually being completed and put together with perfection for you and me. Glory to God, hallelujah. He says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he that in these things serves Christ 
is acceptable to God and approved of men. Now, understand that. He that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Approved of men means that you're going to find a unity among others who have their faith in the very work of Christ at Calvary and they're experiencing not some kingdom one day and we are longing to see that city wherein righteousness dwells, hallelujah. But right now, you are a a child of the kingdom because you're a child of the king. Hallelujah. You're in the kingdom of God. You've been translated from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. You're in the kingdom and you and I should be advancing in the kingdom. We should, and with a promise Peter wrote, that if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives through faith in the cross alone, or it's not going to be him working, we can have an abundant entrance applied to our lives. Peter wrote that. We need to we need to learn these things. Hallelujah. It's not just get saved and then work hard and hope, you know, hope you make it and, and oh no, 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 no. We're in the kingdom now and righteousness and peace and joy should be the fruit of the kingdom children now. One day it will be in its fullness. But today, and this is talking about today because he's talking about what you eat and drink. We're not going to be having to worry about, we're not going to be eating, and we're not, we might be eating and drinking one day in this new life we'll have with the Lord forever and ever, but it won't be because we're hungry and thirsty. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It won't be because we're trying to please God with what we eat and drink, which the Bible says here, can't be done anyway. You're not going to get any righteousness, peace, or joy out of what you eat, don't eat, drink, don't drink. Good stuff. And, 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 and you know, to, to say these things, we have to pay attention to what Paul wrote here. And the, the overall picture of Romans 14 really is twofold. It's like the story of the prodigal sons plural. One ventured out and wasted all his inheritance on worldly living. The other prodigal son stayed home with a wrong heart toward his father and God. So there was really two prodigals. This story here in Romans 14, really not a story, but it's a a truth given to the church so that we will uh, not fall prey to either side, which is being weak in the faith and thinking that we're getting somewhere by not eating or eating something, that God's going to uh, do something for us, that we're going to experience righteous fruit because of what we eat, don't eat, drink, don't drink. That's one side of the coin written here in Romans 14. The other side is when we begin to walk in a liberty where we, like Paul, know and are persuaded by the Lord Jesus Christ that nothing of itself is unclean, and I'm talking about verse 14 here, and also verse 20 where Paul says, all things indeed are pure. But when, when you're growing and you're maturing, you're realizing that what you used to do to think you were getting somewhere with God is not never got you anywhere with God. It's what Christ did at Calvary that got you in the kingdom. Faith there will get you through and to the finish line in this race God set before you. Nothing else, not what you do, don't do, eat, don't drink. Amen. Yeah, I know I know preachers of old said that sanctification, the way we live is is uh, it comes about by not just faith alone, but faith in our works. That's wrong. If, if faith is right, the works will be a product, the result of 
a child of God in the process of sanctification, but we're, our works don't sanctify us. If they did, this wouldn't be right. Then what we did, eat or didn't eat, and all these things, but it's not our work. It's the work of Christ. And when our faith is there, then the Lord sees a perfect work taking place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And make no mistake about it. Revelation chapter 3 to the church of Sardis, the Lord says, I've not found your works perfect. God knows that we can't be perfect till, we, till we're with Christ in the clouds, but he is looking for a perfect work, which means he has to be the one working, and he's not working in what I eat or don't drink. Glory to God. He's working in through my faith in the cross of Christ to bring about the expression and the character of Jesus Christ himself because he is the one I'm being conformed into the image of, praise God. So, you know, <clears throat> there are those who, <clears throat> excuse me, who are weak in the faith, and the Bible here says, like in verse 2, we have to keep going back and forth because we're seeing here uh, one of the pictures of someone who's weak in the faith. And that is, one, he, uh, another is weak in the faith because he's only eating vegetables. Verse 2 of chapter 14 here in Romans. Now, he's not weak in the faith because he's eating nothing but vegetables. He's weak in the faith because he thinks he's getting somewhere by only eating vegetables. And, 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 and this teaching is not to condemn. Now, people take conviction and they turn it into condemnation because they really don't want to change, and that's not what I'm doing. That's not what Paul did. Now listen, you have to imagine sitting in a church and your pastor receives this letter from Paul, the same one who received the revelation of the cross, the gospel, and you received that from Paul, and you believed it in Christ, and you were born again. Hallelujah. Well, why can't you also believe this letter that Paul sent us as the church and he says, I know, in verse 14, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there's nothing unclean of itself. I'm sitting there in the church in Rome, and I'm only eating vegetables and cauliflower, and I really think that I'm devoted to God, and I'm getting somewhere by abstaining from meats. And the Bible says that's weak in the faith. It doesn't say God's going to throw you out. He never will. Matter of fact, this chapter is about us who are have a greater liberty than that, but we still be we still need to be experiencing more liberty, every one of us. But this chapter is about us who are experiencing more liberty, not to condemn, belittle, cast aside, put down, throw away. The word used here is to destroy others using our liberty to bash them. That's, that's what we talked about earlier about the prodigal sons, the story of the prodigal plural sons. This chapter is about two, those who are weak in the faith, those who are stronger in the faith, and the ones who are weaker in the faith, come on, growing, maturing, realizing here that the same man God gave the revelation of the cross and you heard it and believed and were saved is the same man he's telling you he knows and he's been persuaded by Jesus Christ there's nothing unclean of itself. In verse 20, all things indeed are pure. Okay, what you gonna do with that? You believe the gospel that Paul brought to you? Are you gonna believe that he still heard from God? And now you realize my 
Thank you, Jesus. What you did at Calvary has freed me from thinking it's about what I'm doing or not doing. It's only about what you do because of my faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God, for giving me your spirit so that I know now the things that you have for me are freely given, freely, freely, freely given. I don't have to work to earn something. And that's really at the root of it. That's what this is about. If I think I'm getting somewhere with God for what I eat or don't eat, drink or don't drink, I'm really not moving forward. I'm not advancing. As a matter of fact, there's sin involved there. <clears throat> when one is weak in the faith, it's because there's a mixture. I'm trusting in Christ, but I'm also trusting in myself. What I eat or don't eat, drink or don't drink. Do you get it? And when our faith is not in the cross, in the cross alone, and there, there's something wrong with that. And here's what it is. When, when I'm not trusting in the work of Christ and what he did at Calvary alone for everything from the Lord, and even for my approach to God, whether it's prayer, thanksgiving, fasting, worship, my giving of tithes, whatever it is, if my avenue is not through faith in the blood, there's a problem. And the problem is this. With my heart, I'm telling God the cross wasn't enough. I, don't you see God, I'm not eating this. I'm not eating this. The Lord is looking for a perfect work, and a perfect work is not about what you eat or don't eat. It's not, listen, it's, it's about a heart being changed so that what proceeds out can be the character and the expression of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He says here, let us, verse 19, let us therefore follow after the things that make for peace. Don't bash the guy just because he's weak in the faith. Doesn't mean that we don't present the word here. Paul wrote the letter. Paul saying these things is not a bash and a condemnation toward those who are weak in the faith. It's an encouragement for them to come on. Come on, there's always room to trust Christ more in every one of our lives to, to fight the good fight of faith, that faith that he loved us and gave himself with. Hallelujah, that measure of faith he's given us, Romans 12, 3, praise the Lord. There's always room for growth for all of us. For those who think it's by what they eat or don't eat, they can mature by reading this and saying, my goodness, Forgive me, Lord. Thank you that all things are pure. There's nothing unclean of itself. I know my great-grandparents, my grandparents, my parents have always taught, but I'm accepting that what Christ did at Calvary has made all things pure unto me. What Christ did at Calvary has freed me from the legalism of a mentality that I think I have to work and that what makes the difference is what I eat or don't eat. And no, what makes the difference is the, the fruit of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. There's where Christ is served and God accepts our service unto Christ. Let's say that again. Let's look here in verse 18. He that in these things, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, he that in these things serves Christ, serves Christ, is acceptable unto God. Unless we're serving Christ, we're not acceptable to God. We are. We've been accepted 
But our service to God is not accepted unless it's service to Christ. And the service to Christ is only in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That takes, number one, a faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. Number two, if you're a preacher, you're going to have to open the Bible and let the Holy Spirit begin to show you a blood-stained Bible. You're going to have to let the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to quit fighting against that very thought, that very truth. You're going to have to quit fighting against it. And the preachers, we have a big problem. We want a, a phrase that we have coined. We want to become famous for something we have said. Listen, we weren't made for to be famous. There's more horror to that than you can ever imagine. We're made to exalt the one who is above all peoples. His name is higher than any other name. That's our mission is to exalt Christ, to serve Christ so that even our works can be acceptable to God because as we serve Christ, God sees a perfect work because Christ is the only one who has ever and will ever do a perfect work. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The work of righteousness is peace. And the effect of that righteousness is quietness and assurance. I'm just quoting Isaiah 32, 17. Write it down. Memorize it. Let the Lord bless you with it because Jesus did it at Calvary. Let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace. I'm not, listen, I'm not making peace when I'm condemning somebody who's weak in the faith. Think about that. And things wherewith one may edify, build up another. That does, that, this doesn't mean that I stop experiencing the liberty that I have, but it does mean that I realize that I am my brother's keeper. I am here to help edify, build up the body of Christ. And it will never happen if, not, I'm, if I'm not making peace. The peacemakers, we're called to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Get it? I'm not here to tear down someone. Now, speaking the truth, as Paul the apostle has done in this letter is not tearing people down. But it's the attitude that goes toward people because they're weak in the faith and they're not far, as far along as we are. Now, if they're preaching, pointing people to something other than Christ and Him crucified, this, by no, this chapter by no means wipes out, erases that, that, we, that we should no longer rebuke Correct. No, no, that's not what this means. This 14th chapter of Romans is about those who are weak in the faith being allowed time to grow, just like we were and are. It also means that those who are maturing and walking in more liberty should not belittle, cast away, put down, bash, condemn, destroy those who are not as liberated yet in their understanding as we are. 
Amen. Because even us who might think we're really liberated by the blood of Jesus, there's someone somewhere else experiencing a greater liberty than us. And there will always be many who are experiencing less of the liberty afforded us at Calvary. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may build up, edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. This means for the sake of what you eat or don't eat, don't let that destroy the work of God. How many realize they have a liberty to eat anything and everything? According to the revelation Paul had from the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's more important that you don't tear others down with our liberty than it is we cram our liberty down their throat. Think about this. Don't, and really what this is saying is, don't destroy the work of God with what you eat or don't eat. And this was big in the early church because Jews were mixing with Christians and Jews had never eaten all the things the Gentiles eat. And now the Jews were hesitant to, <coughs> to, to, to eat everything. And the Christians, the Gentile Christians, uh, were now hesitant and being, were actually being tempted to go back and eat just the things that the Jews eat and, and not eat all the things that Jews wouldn't eat for years. And there was just all this and that. And Paul says, look, fellas, the kingdom of God is not about what you eat or drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Listen, don't destroy the work of God for the sake of what you eat and drink because it's not even about that. Amen. But we'll do it. We'll destroy each other based on what day we get together and worship. Based on this, we'll, man, we'll take a sledgehammer and just whack somebody's head plumb off. Instead of praying for them and just presenting the word to them. And, and listen, it, again, this doesn't mean that there's not a rebuke comes when people are preaching the wrong thing. But there are those who are not preaching the wrong thing, but they're just having the wrong mentality about Christ and what he did at Calvary, and they're not understanding yet that there is complete liberty in that, and we don't have to earn anything. Why? Because it's already been paid for in full. Glory to God. <laughs> if if we think we're earning something with God by what we do, don't do, eat, don't drink, wear, don't wear, makeup, no makeup, I, everything has already been paid for in full. All we do is trust in that in which made the payment for us to have all grace to be led in all truth to experience more and more and more liberty each and every day without using it to bash those who were not quite far along as we might be. Hallelujah. He says, for meat, please don't destroy the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eats with offense. That man who eats in a way that would cause his brother to stumble. He, that man that would just 
boast in, in, in his liberty in a way that uh, makes his brother look belittled, like he's n- not where he should be. Even though he's not, we have to be careful with the way we treat other people. Amen? That, that's what this chapter is about. Again, let's go back. Verse 10, one of the paramount portions of this scripture is, why are you judging your brother? Or why do you set at your at naught your brother? Count him as nothing. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Hey, we need to understand that. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbles, or is offended, or is made weak. We're liberate. Paul says in one place that it's lawful. All things are lawful for me now, but they're not all beneficial. What's beneficial for Paul is to edify the body of Christ. Why do you think Paul, when he went back to Jerusalem, just didn't rush into the council and say, you guys, if you don't get this, you're not going to make it. If you don't get this that God has given me, you're not going to make it. No, Paul didn't do that. He went and he was very careful in Jerusalem. And we pretty much understand James and the council there in Jerusalem really never accepted this message of simply Christ and him crucified and nothing else for the object of faith to be as the Bible teaches. They never really got that. You'll understand that if you go back and listen to our Galatians teaching and the Ephesians teaching. You, you'll understand that. They, they gave him the right hand of fellowship, but it was in the sense of, God bless you, go and do what you called to do, Paul. <laughs> Just don't forget the poor here in Jerusalem. You know what I'm saying. But they never fully really accepted this that the Lord gave Paul. Doesn't mean what James wrote's not the Word of God. It's as much the Word of God as anything else is the Word of God. But you'll understand as you go back and listen to the teachings and you study the Word of God for your own self. And we need to remember those things. We're not here to offend people with our liberty. And if it means that just because we know all things are lawful for us, anything I can eat anything, anything because the Bible says all things are indeed pure. Nothing of itself is unclean. And some people would take this, this chapter even mean that I shouldn't even be teaching this because some may be weak and, 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 and be uh, looked down on. But listen, Paul's not looking down on. Paul's just offering information, which is the truth, by the way, that can set the, the captive to being weak in the faith to becoming stronger in the faith. Amen. <coughs> Don't ever take what's being presented as condemnation unless people begin to actually put you down. Speak negative things about you. That's condemnation. We don't need to do that. And we also at times may have to refrain from what we actually have the liberty and we know we have the liberty to do for the sake of others who aren't further along just so they don't think negative things about us. I hope you understand this. I hope you understand what Paul was trying to say here. And really, let's take it a step further. The Lord, through Paul, was trying to 
encourage, edify, build up, mature his people so they wouldn't be focused on what they're eating and drinking and not eating and drinking, but focused on the things that are of the kingdom. We're out of time. It looks like we're not going to get out of this 14th chapter. We'll try to do that this next Monday morning, maybe. We're not in a hurry. We believe the Lord's coming at any moment, and I know you're expecting him too. And then everything's just going to be sunshiny skies from that point on. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Don't forget to tune in ever session that we have, which is Mondays and Thursdays at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. We're in the studio, if you're anywhere near this area of Queen City, Atlanta, Texas. Come be with us at 9 a.m. every Friday morning. In the morning, we'll be beginning 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm looking, that's one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. There is so much meat in that second chapter of 2 Timothy. God bless you. We love you. Don't forget to pray for us and share on social media these teachings so you can be a part of the publishing of God's Word. Don't forget to sow into good ground where you are learning the truth of God's Word. And you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. We love you. God bless you. And until next time, Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.